Well, we're going to be looking at chapter. We're going to be looking at Unit Five tonight. We kindly paused and and then go uh, just held back and let you have another week, and you'll be able to do some catch-up work uh, this week. So if you're behind, that's okay. Don't worry about that. Just don't give up. Don't don't toss your book aside and say I just can't keep up. This is an independent study, and you're working on it in your own time and. And you just uh, continue to work on it, and God will bless you as you do. But next week we're going to have our we're going to have our uh, Operation Christmas Child uh, celebration time. We'll we'll meet in here at five o'clock. We'll see some videos about Operation Christmas Child and and how they were delivered last year, and how many were delivered, and some areas that they delivered the shoe boxes, and and then we'll break and we'll uh, we'll have. Uh, There'll be a dinner prepared, and that'll just be a, a donation. Uh, it'll be a good, a good dinner, and you'll enjoy. And be a lot of desserts and what have you. And so we're just going to have a good time as we prepare to, to wrap some shoe boxes pretty soon. Thank you for bringing the auction gifts. The silent auction is going on now, and it'll go on all through the week. So. Uh, if you come by, well, Wednesday night, you'll be able to go through. If you come by during the week and I'm here, I'll leave the door unlocked and you can go in and look if you'd like. I'm in and out. So uh, just uh, pray for um, the things that we're doing in regards to Operation Christmas Child. And I mentioned our association uh, annual meeting. This is our 125th anniversary as a Baptist association. And so uh, we'll be hosting that meeting here Thursday night. We'll need some greeters here. We'll need some ushers here. Uh, Brother Tony, if you can get us up four ushers for that night, we'll be receiving an offering that will be divided between, uh, um, I believe, the children's home. Children's home, I know, is um, one part of the offering. And then ALCAP, Alabama Christian, I believe it's Alabama Christian, uh, action program deals with harmful effects of uh, alcohol and other drugs and so that offering will be divided and so we'll need someone to receive the offering and then of course our fellowship committee will need help so anyway make yourself available just come by it begins at 6 30 um, and so uh, you'll be registered as a guest and so just come by and help any way that you can uh, starts at 6 30 but um, you won't have to stay for the entire meeting if you need to leave. Well, on Unit 5, let's look just a moment at day one. Our verse to memorize is the one who is from God listens to God's words. This is why you don't listen, because you're not from God. And so we're learning how to, we're learning how to hear from God. So God speaks in different ways. Look, if you will, on page 90. God spoke in the Old Testament. You know, you've read, you know, how he spoke with angels and visions and so on and so forth. And if you would look down to number one, do you have difficult, do you have difficulty hearing God speak? If you do, why do you think that is? Now, uh, I wrote down something that I have difficulty in hearing God speak at times. And I just put down, uh, well, his voice is crowded out by other voices. You know, we have to be at a place where we can get to ourselves with God. We don't need any distractions. We don't need everybody talking. We need to be able to hear uh, decisively from God. We need to hear from Him. And so oftentimes, I'm distracted by other voices. 
And so, uh, anybody else put anything on number one that you want to share? I'm sorry, Angela. Yeah, okay. Get too busy, get too busy to listen to God. I'd have to, that's my number two. I'll write that down also. You get too busy. Brother Terry? Focusing on the wrong thing, right? Got to get focused. Focusing on the wrong thing. Got to focus on God. Uninterrupted prayer. Get to ourselves. Go into our closet, so to speak. Pull the door to just us and God and have a little talk with Jesus. Okay? Makes it right, as the song says. Okay? Let's look at number three. When was the last time you sensed that God was speaking to you? And what did he say? Anybody? Anybody have anything in particular you don't mind sharing about God was speaking to you about something and and uh, Wow. Amen. And you haven't smoked in how long? Five weeks. Amen. That's great. Five weeks. Did you hear what he said? He said, I did what he told me to do. So when we hear from God, what does he expect us to do? He, he expects us to do whatever we need to do immediately, not put it off. So five weeks. And, and Jared shared with me a few minutes ago how... How he tried a couple of weeks, started back, you know. Then he said God spoke to him, said he wouldn't have any trouble with it. But was there was there a condition involved in that? You left, you left here? Church. Church and went to your grandfather.
Wow. Amen. That, that deserves, that's great. So he's praying and God, uh, God convicted him that he needed to go make amends with his grandfather. He left the church and went to his grandfather's house and made amends with him just to listen. And, uh, and, that's, and that's one thing we need to remember when we make reconciliation. We don't go and accuse, and I wouldn't have done this if you hadn't have done that. We just, we just assume everything, sit and listen, ask them to forgive us, and then, um, and then they will most of the time, majority of the time, and then we go on. And because you are obedient, other things begin to happen in your life. And then uh, the quitting smoking, that, that was part of it, wasn't it? Seems like you're craving something else right now. Get... <laughs> That's great. That's good. Thank you, Gerald, for sharing that, just being transparent, sharing what the Lord's doing in your life. And that encourages people when they hear what the Lord's doing in your life. Okay? Uh, let's see. On page, has God, on page uh, 91, has God communicated with you in a unique or unusual way? If so, describe it. Brother Philip? So you're going to have a family get together and challenge them to be ready then. Okay. It's not just going to be fun and exchanging gifts this year. Yeah. Uh, yes, Angela.
Oh, wow. Wow. He's the finder of lost things. Anybody else? How has God spoke to you in, in an unusual way, unique and unusual, Commun communicated to you? Anybody else? That's, that's pretty unusual. Right? Yeah. Anybody else? Don't have to be unusual, perhaps, but the way God's spoken to you. I have written in my margin on page 91, the key is not how he speaks, though, but that he speaks, that he speaks. So God speaks to us. I jotted down, Moses knew what God wanted him to do. That's why he began to question God and object to God. Oftentimes the message is real clear and plain. But then we start offering excuses, why we can't do it, why we shouldn't do it. And Moses knew right off. You know, God's will really is not, he's not trying to hide his will from us. He wants to put it out there to us. And it's like, man, I wish I knew what God's will was. Man, I wish I knew, I wish I knew what God's will was. And, and all along, God is really showing his will, but oftentimes we refuse to accept it. Okay? Number three on page 91 there, on a numerical, under number four, it says, when God spoke... The person knew what God said. Where do you struggle the most in number five? Understanding what God said, believing what God said, or obeying what God said? What's your struggle? All three. <laughs> All three, Philip. All right. All three. It's hard at times to understand. Believing what he said. You are you serious? Is that what you want me to do? And then obeying what God said. You accepting what God said. Thank you, B. Accepting what He said. Hmm. Okay. Look at uh, look on page ninety-two. 
one of my favorite studies in previous times, the wrong pattern. Let's look at that. I hear many people say something like this, Lord, I really want you to know, I really want to know your will. Stop me if I'm wrong and bless me if I'm right. Yeah, we've said that. <laughs> How about this? Or Lord, I'll proceed in this direction. Close the door if it's not your will. Open the door and I'll go through. Am I the only one that's asked for open doors and closed doors? Of course. But notice what he says. This approach isn't found in Scripture. Don't let experience alone guide your life. Don't allow yourself to be led by tradition, a method, a formula. Often people trust these ways because they appear easier than cultivating an intimate walk with God. People do as they please and, and put the whole burden of responsibility on God. Well, God, if you'd open that door, I'd done it, you know, or I'd, I would have uh, went that way, but you didn't open the door, so it's all your fault. It's easy to put God at fault. <clears throat> if they are wrong, he must intervene and stop them. If they make a mistake, they blame him. God's not obligated to stop you from making a mistake. If you, know, if you want to know the will and the voice of God, you must devote time and effort to cultivate a love relationship with him. That's all through this book, Cultivating That Love Relationship. If we're close to him, we're going to hear him speak. If we're close to him, we're going to know what he wants us to do. And then it's up to us to make the adjustments and be obedient and do what he wants us to do. Okay? Uh, so, wrong, wrong patterns. Uh, on page 93, um, God gives specific directions. And I have a note here. Uh, and I've got Corey on my note, and I've got a pastor search committee. Any specific directions about you want to share about little things maybe that are important, uh, specific directions that you've been, she didn't know I was going to do this. I never tell her. You got any anything you can share? She was on a pastor search committee. She called me years years ago and. And she said, Dad, they want me to serve on the pastor search committee at our church. And I said, Corey, you just need to pray about that. And she said, well, I will. I'll, I'll pray. I'm, you know I'll pray. And then she said this, they want me to be the chairperson of that search committee. And I, was, I didn't say nothing. I was speechless. And so she went ahead and felt like the Lord wanted her to do that. So pick it up about specific directions. Got any thoughts?
Okay. Specifics. Brother Philip? When I first answered the call of Little Black Christian Service, with my family, I was convinced that I needed to go to college and seminary. Door after door after door after door opened for me to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. I got to seminary, finished one semester, You know, on page 97, it says, respond immediately. Let's look at this just for a moment. When God spoke to Moses, what Moses did next was vital. And so I, I put a little note, when God speaks, what you do next is vital. And so um, how would you address that? Have you failed to do what God asked you to do? Have you waited to do what God asked you to do? I put a note down about, uh, um, on, on mine, I, I put uh, where I, I waited about doing what God wanted me to do. I was a volunteer hospice chaplain for, I think, 12 years. And, um, and I might have shared this with you. But this man called and asked to talk to me. And so uh, I told him, sure. And so I went to his house. I know right where he lives now. I mean, where he lived then. I, I can get there now. But um, when I got there, the bath lady was there. And he asked, uh, he asked for me to come. He was, he's pretty critical. But the bath lady was there, and I told him. And God told me to go. God says, you need to go now. So I, I went. But what I did was, when I got there, I didn't want to interrupt the bath lady. I mean, I just thought, well, I'll come back tomorrow. And uh, so I told him that. I said, well, it'd be all right if I come back tomorrow morning. He said, that'll be fine. That'll be fine. Well, that night they called me, and he had passed away. 
And I just, I've regretted that to this day that I didn't go and do what God had asked me to do. And because of that, I don't know his spiritual relationship, I mean his relationship with the Lord or his spiritual condition, but I didn't, I didn't, I should have stayed till she finished and, and did what I was supposed to do, but I didn't. I put it off to another day, and that's dangerous to do. So when God shares with you, Gerald, go see your grandfather. You left church and you went and saw your grandfather. So when God speaks, then we need what we do next is vital. So just remember that. Okay? On page 98, uh, look on, I have a note, says look on number three. Who does God reveal his name, his nature, and his character? To whom does he reveal that? I mean, I'm sorry, why does God reveal himself, his name, his nature, and his character? Why does he do that? To build relationships with him. Uh, and I put down the same, and to increase our faith. And where we'll, after we build that relationship, it'll increase our faith to work, uh, to, uh, to act on his commands. Uh, look on the, uh, on the um, um, side column there. And the, uh, God reveals himself to increase faith and lead to action. God reveals his purpose so that you'll know what his plans for you to do. Drop down to God's, uh, God reveals his purpose. God reveals on page 99, God reveals his purpose so you'll know what he plans to do. If you, uh, if you are to join him, you'll need to know what God's doing. What you plan to do for God is not important. What he plans to do where you are is critical. God always speaks with a purpose in mind. This point should be a review, so you can go back 38 through 41 and review that. And he used Noah as an example. You know, uh, he, he asked Noah, and then he gets specific in what he wanted Noah to do, and he gave him the directions, instructions, I should say, and how to build the ark and what size to build it and how to bring the animals in and all of that. And so he spoke to Abram, same way, specific in his commands. Look on page uh, 100. 100. I've got some notes. Uh, Proverbs 19.21 on the left side there. Many plans are in a person's heart, but the Lord's decree will, be, uh, will prevail. It's not about what I want to do, but it's what God wants me to do. Oftentimes my plans fail, but God will, God's plans will always be steadfast and they'll come to fruition. We dream up, I've got a note, we dream up what we want to do for God. And the most important is what God has planned for us. Just wait on God. Uh, you don't have to stay busy all the time. He'll keep you busy if you'll just wait on him. Um, look at the uh, number six there, the writing, uh, the next paragraph. Do you see what you need to know? <clears throat> uh, do you see why you need to know God's plans and purpose? If your plans and goals are not God's, you'll not experience God working through you. God reveals his purpose so you'll know what he plans to do. Then you can join him and he plans and purpose will be accomplished. The Lord falls and thwarts the intent of the nations and the purposes uh, of his people. So just wait on God. Do what he wants you to do. I have a note I've written in the margin. God wants us to follow him and not just our plans. Follow him. 
Look on page 101. Um, let me see. Let me go to day four for sake of time. 103. Look at 103. And this is where God speaks through the Bible. Okay? Uh, God speaks uh, uh, primarily His Holy Spirit through the Bible, through prayer, through circumstances, through the church. And I've always said if you can get two of those to line up, you're pretty well certain that you're, that you're following God's will. So remember that. He speaks through the, His Holy Spirit through the Bible, through prayer, through uh, circumstances, and through the church. And so you'll be reading your Bible, and all of a sudden, God will speak to you. And this, this happened to me uh, several times during tornado, during the tornado time. Um, my favorite verse, you know it by now, it's Romans 8, 28. For this we know, uh, that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. And that brought peace to me. It realized God was, I realized God was going to work things out. And so uh, I read that first, and all of a sudden it just became alive, popped out of the page, and spoke to my heart. And so, uh, uh, and God speaks through the Bible. On page 104, God speaks through the Bible, and it gave a little diagram there, the Spirit of Truth. The Holy Spirit, the person, speaks to us. Truth is revealed as a person. So we make the adjustment, obey, and uh, God works. And so uh, important, I have important there in the first paragraph. When the Holy Spirit reveals a spiritual truth from God's Word, He's personally applying it to your life. Number one, you read God's Word. Number two, the Spirit takes the Word, reveals truth. Three, you adjust your life to God's truth. Fourth, you obey, and then God works in and through you to accomplish His purpose. Drop down to the left there, 1 Corinthians 2, 14 and 15. The person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God because it's foolishness to him. He's not able to understand it since it's evaluated spiritually. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything. And so the Holy Spirit, you know, a lost person really don't understand the Christian and how we operate and how we're obedient to God, but they're not supposed to understand it. It's spiritually discerned. And so that's a good verse to memorize, 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 15. If you're witnessing to someone, you have to remember they really don't understand um, about spiritual things, so you have to share with them. Uh, if you would, look, uh, Responding to Truth on page 105 down at the bottom. God speaks to you. Write down the verse in your spiritual journal. Meditate on the verse. Study the verse. What God's revealing about himself, purposes, ways. Identify adjustments that you need to make in your personal life. Write a prayer response to God. Make the necessary adjustments to God and watch and see uh, how God may use the truth in your life during the day. Look on uh, day five, on page 107, up at the top. If you're not keeping a spiritual journal, you need to. When the creator of the universe tells you something in your quiet time, it's worth writing down. Record it before you get it, then write your prayer response. 
He says, I record the verse of scripture through which God spoke to me and what he said about himself for the verse. I write down the prayer response I'm making so I have a record of the encounter with God and what he said and the way that I respond to him. I also write what I need to do to adjust my life to God so I can begin to experience him that way. If you would turn in your book to page 271. If you haven't already, and uh, when we meet again, which, is, which will not be this coming Sunday night, uh, tonight week, that'll be, our, that'll be our Operation Christmas Child. So you'll have an extra week to get called up. But if you would, I want you to, and, and, and something we need to do, uh, is to um, put together a spiritual journal. And what I've done, I didn't bring it in tonight, but what I'm doing is I take a three-ring binder and then uh, I, I take dividers and the ones that you can write on the tabs. And here's, your, here's the way your, your journal's divided up. Look on page 271. You have a place for testimonies, a daily review, a section for weekly review, spiritual markers, number four, and number five, prayer request. And you can divide your journal up into those topics, and especially on prayer requests, you can have personal requests, requests for group members, requests for your church, other special requests. You can punch a hole in your prayer, uh, weekly prayer request and slide that in your spiritual journal. And during the week, you thumb through there and you pray. Uh, you know, you may be praying for our country, or whatever you want to pray for. But put together a spiritual journal, if you will, by next time we meet, a couple of weeks. Uh, put that together if you can. Either way, any way you want to do it, there's no certain way. Something that you can jot down. When does God, I know he speaks to us at different times, but when, I'll tell you when he speaks to me most of the time. He speaks to me at night. And I've learned, I have in the drawer next to my nightstand, I have, a, I have a, a pen and I have some paper. Because usually God will speak to me, he'll give me a sermon title, he'll give me a scripture. He does that when I'm asleep. And I'll wake up and I'll, I'll turn over and I'll write that down. But God speaks to me oftentimes at night. And when I'm, when I'm in bed, he'll speak to me. So what you need to do is have something that you can jot down a note. Because if I don't make a note, you know what happens? I forget, I forget it. I forget what he said. I forget the verse. I said, man, I wish I'd written that down. And so find, just find you some way, easy way that you can uh, make us do a spiritual journal. And I use the, uh, the three-ring notebook simply because I can change pages out. I can, I can file those, the older pages and... You want to go back and you want to find out when God answered that prayer, what date it was. And so, uh, and that's developing a relationship with God. Okay? Um, we're going to close with this uh, short video. And so, if you will, this is on session six. And you have your, you have your uh, review that you can follow along there and jot down some notes. Uh, this will be on session five, or unit five. And so uh, on page 111 is your video teaching notes, and you can jot down whatever you want to. But let's watch this, and then we'll be dismissed.
Shortly after I was married, my wife and I moved to Texas so that I could begin attending seminary. And soon after we arrived, we were invited by a wonderful couple to come to their house to have a dinner together with them. Uh, and so we arrived and uh, the wife was back in the kitchen. She was making uh, the preparations and the husband was tasked with entertaining us in the living room. And he was a wonderful man, but uh, he wasn't the greatest conversationalist. He tended to have one word responses. And so I remember asking him and saying, uh, well, uh, how, are, how are classes going? And uh, he would say, good. I'd say, well, nice apartment you have here. He would say, thanks. And so I thought this may be a really long, rather boring evening. And uh, my wife finally jumped in and, and Lisa said, well, what are you studying? And he listed a couple of classes, including Old Testament survey. And so my wife said, well, Old Testament survey, she said, I'm fascinated by the Old Testament. What, what are you learning? And so he began to tell her. Well, I was quite intrigued by this because I was actually taking Old Testament survey as well, a different class than him. But uh, every time I tried to tell her anything about my class, she wasn't interested. Uh, and now all of a sudden she is. I thought, well, that's great that she does care about the Old Testament. Uh, and, uh, and, and so, but this guy didn't necessarily have as, as good of a teacher as I did because as he was telling her what he was learning, uh, he was leaving a lot of things out. And so I felt compelled for the sake of my wife's education in Old Testament to, to step in and say, well, Lisa, there's also some theories that suggest this. And, and th that was the first time in our short married life that my wife had ever given me the look. Uh, we'd been dating for two years, we'd been married now for several weeks, but she'd never looked at me quite like that before. I thought maybe she was having an allergic reaction or something. And so she would interrupt and, and point back to this guy and say, well, what else are you learning? And we'd carry on and I would feel compelled to interrupt again and uh, add some, I thought, quite relevant information. And I'd get the look again. Uh, finally, the, the man was called into the kitchen because now there was a pronounced uh, a burnt smell, I think to the spaghetti sauce we were going to have. And, and so as soon as he left the room, my wife looked at me and said, why do you keep doing that? I said, doing what? She said, talking. She said, every time I get the guy to start talking, you butt in. And I realized in that moment that my wife actually didn't really care that much about the seminary classes either one of us were taking, but she cared a lot about people. And she was really good at getting people to open up and feel valued and, uh, and shown interest. See, I've been married to my wife we were uh, man and wife, we dated for over two years, but I realized in that moment, I didn't know her nearly as well as I thought I did. Here my wife was trying to minister to this man and I didn't even recognize what she was doing. And she's trying to communicate with me with certain looks and I, I don't, it's not registering what she's saying. I will say, now I'm quite familiar with the look in fact, my wife and I could be in a completely darkened room and I would know if I was getting the look, I could just sense it now, but I didn't know it then. And many people have said, you know, I feel like that's kind of the way it is with me and God. Sometimes I wonder if God isn't trying to say something to me, if God's not trying to guide me, but I, I just don't get his language. I, I don't recognize his voice. I, I can't tell if God's get guiding me this way or that way. And so in this session, we want to talk about what is one of the most exciting as well as one of the most controversial subjects 
that we'll cover in this study. And that is that God speaks to people. Now, there's several things just to know about that. One is, in the Bible, in Genesis, God is speaking to people. In Revelation, God is speaking to people. And all in between, God is constantly interacting with people. And the Bible is our pattern to know how God's going to relate to us. You have to also realize that many people will say, well, but, but God's never spoken to me that way. I've never heard God's voice. Um, and my father always taught me, don't, don't lower the Bible down to the level of your experience. Ask God to raise your experience up to the level of what you find in the Bible. People also say, well, I've never heard God speak to me out loud. And you need to understand, that's just one way that God speaks. When, when we talk about God speaking, God can communicate to you in many, many different ways. It, it's not always an audible voice. In the Bible, God spoke through a burning bush. God spoke through dreams. God speaks through preachers and through prophets and through teachers. God can speak in numerous ways through angels and visions. In the Bible, the important thing was never how God spoke, but that God spoke. There's an interesting passage in John 16, uh, beginning in verse 7. I want to just read a couple of verses about what the role of the Holy Spirit will be in a believer's life. And in verse 7, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away, because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. And what Jesus was saying is, even though you have me physically present with you, he was saying, it's to your advantage that I go away because it's actually better to have the Holy Spirit in you than to have Jesus beside you. Because when the Holy Spirit enters you, he's going to speak to you in ways that, uh, that will be profound and very specific and very personal. In verse 12, Jesus said, I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will also declare to you what is to come. And then in, the, in verse 15, he says, everything the father has is mine. This is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. And what Jesus was saying is the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And he's going to reveal to you God's truth for your life and your situation. The Spirit knows what God the Father intends for you, and so He wants you to know it, and He'll find ways to communicate that with you. And so we want to see in this unit at least two different ways that the Spirit will speak to you. And the first is through the Bible. Of course, there's some important things to know about how God speaks in the Bible. For one, God will never tell you anything that contradicts what you find right here. So if someone ever tells you that God told him that it was okay for him to sin, that it was okay for him to commit adultery. You know that they didn't hear that from God because God will never tell you something that's not written clearly in the Bible, that contradicts what's in the Bible. And also, some people will say, well, if God speaks to you, then somehow he's, he's, he's writing more scripture. That's not true at all. What that means is God takes scripture and he applies it to your life specifically. He doesn't write new scripture. He takes the word of God as it is, and he shows you how it applies to your life. So for instance, you might be reading through the book of Ephesians, 
and you get to chapter four and you're reading away and it's all great. And then you get to verse 29 and it says, don't let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth. Um, but only such a word as is able to edify people and to give grace to the hearers. And as you read those verses, the Holy Spirit may take those, those words and apply them to your life. And the Spirit may convict you to say, you had unwholesome words that you shared to your spouse or to your child or to your roommate. And, uh, and immediately the Spirit of truth says, this truth right here applies to you. And you need to repent. You need to, to change your ways and how you speak to others. The Spirit of Truth will take the Word of God and show you how it applies very specifically to your life. Well, also the Spirit of Truth will speak through prayer. Prayer is the second way that God will often speak to believers. And when He does that, of course, prayer is a conversation where not only what you say to God matters, but certainly even more so what's important is what God says to you. And when you pray, you're entering into a conversation. You're not just reciting information to God. You're not saying ritual prayers. You're in a conversation with someone who knows the future, who knows what you're going to face, who knows the sin in your life. And as you pray, the Spirit of God can place things on your heart and uh, direct your life in a particular direction. At times when I pray, God will put a particular person on my mind and, and I realize he's, he's leading me to somehow minister to someone or to reach out to see how they're doing. I call this connecting the spiritual dots. Uh, when you pray and you hear God laying something on your heart, then as you leave the place of prayer, be watching to see what God does next. Don't ever pray unless you expect for God to answer what you pray. When I was in college, I remember having a wonderful prayer time and I actually prayed and said, God, give me an opportunity to minister to someone in need. Use me as an instrument of yours. And uh, while I'm praying, the phone rang. And I remember my first thought was, oh, I can't believe that the phone's ringing right in the middle of my great prayer time with God. I hope it's not for me. The next moment, my roommate knocked on my door. He said, hey, it's for you. He told me who it was. And I'll just say this was one of the social misfits in our college group the last person I wanted to talk to while I'm in the middle of a great devotional time with God. Uh, I said, tell, tell him I, I'm busy. I can't, I can't talk right now. And I got back on my knees. I said, God, as I was saying to you before we were rudely interrupted, whatever you want me to do, however I can minister for you, whatever person, whoever it might be, just let me know and I'm available. It wasn't until about a month later that I realized that as I was praying, God had responded, he'd answered my prayer, he'd sent someone in need, and I just hadn't even noticed. And so I've come to realize that as I talk to God in prayer, I'd better be ready for him to answer me, to respond to my prayer and speak back and guide me by his Holy Spirit. When God, the God of the universe, has something to say to you, the most important thing in all the world is for you to recognize his voice and to respond in obedience. You know, Mike, of all the topics that we address in this study, I think there's probably no topic that gets more discussion and has more questions than God speaking to people. Yeah, there's a lot of questions that come up, and one of the big ones is, how do I know 
that it's God that is speaking to me and maybe not just my own inner monologue or even worse, how do I know it's not the devil trying to uh, confuse me? My dad has often said, if you can't tell the difference between Satan's voice and your voice, you're in big trouble <laughs> because Satan can lead you to quit your job, move to the wrong church, do all kinds of things. And there's a lot to be said about that. And we'll discuss some of that in the book. But, uh, you know, essentially, God always speaks in line with his character. God never is going to tell you something that does not align with his character, his word. The moment you are sensing something that disagrees with what you find in the Bible, you know it's not God doing that. And God, of course, in, in John 8, 32, Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. When God speaks, he sets you free. When God speaks, he convicts you of your sin, anything that's harming your relationship with him. And when God speaks, he gives you hope. Uh, there's always hope with God and a word. With Satan, he tends to discourage you. He takes away your hope. He makes you feel guilty, but he doesn't set you free. And of course, in our own life, we just have to be careful about uh, making sure we are truly neutral before God. That if we really want whatever God wants and we can take our agenda and set it aside, then we're safe in what we hear. But if we're not careful, we'll know what we want and then we'll hear only what we want to hear. And so there's a lot to that. But, you know, Mike, another question that gets asked a lot is, well, what if God is silent? I'm not hearing anything. What does that mean? What can I do? Yeah, and uh, I heard someone say one time, do what you know to do until you know what to do. And it may just be that in moments like that, you go back to scripture to what he has said permanently. And we realize there's a lot that God has already told us to do. Uh, fulfilling the Great Commission, loving our neighbor, turning the other cheek, caring for widows and orphans. And thing after thing, we realize God has said so much to us already in scripture that it may just need uh, to be something that we continue to do until he gives us something more specific. You know, it also can be sin. Sin brings death. Sin brings death to relationships. It disconnects us from God. It separates us from God. And so certainly, if there's ever a silence between you and God, you've got to do an inventory to say, has any sin crept into my life, disobedience? Maybe God told me to do something and I've disobeyed and now there's a rift there and I'm not hearing anymore. You know, sometimes I tell my young kids uh, to clean their toys up from the living room and they, they start doing that. And then about halfway through, they stop and they come up to me wanting to know, so, so daddy, what are we doing next? And be like, well, first we got to finish the thing we started. And I think sometimes as well, uh, God has spoken to us. We just haven't finished the last thing he told us to do. And what we may need to do is go back to the last thing we know God told us to do and, and figure out, uh, have we been fully obedient in that? Because it may be that we need to finish that first yeah. before he gives us the next thing. Yeah, God's word is not a buffet. We, we, don't, we don't say, I don't think I care for that word, God. Could you give me another one? He'll, he'll stick with that until we've obeyed. You know, another one could just be that our world has become too noisy and our life is so filled with noise and other voices that bombard us. Maybe we're watching a lot of media and we're just filling our life with so many other voices and sounds that that still small voice of God is just lost. And sometimes when God whispers, it means he wants us to just quiet down our life. And 
It may be that God is speaking, it's just there's too much background noise for us to hear what he has to say. Yeah, and, and you know, sometimes uh, this one's hard to admit, but we may just not be ready for the next thing. And sometimes in those moments, I wonder if God needs to first work on our character. He needs to shape us. Maybe he needs to draw us closer to himself to get us to that place so we're ready for the next word because we may just not be ready yet. And he's got to work uh, in us first, draw us closer to himself. Uh, and once he's done that work, then we're ready for the next thing. You know, God spoke a word and an entire universe came into being. God spoke a word and dead people became alive. And so if God has a word for you, that same God, it definitely is important that you and I recognize when he's speaking, we know what he's saying, and we're quick to obey. Okay, let me just, uh, let me just ask if you would to go ahead, if you haven't caught up, catch up to uh, unit six, and if you are caught up, just go ahead and work through unit six. And then when we come back um, two weeks, Sunday week, well, week from Sunday week, we'll uh, take care of Unit 6. Just continue to work and we'll continue to review. Okay? All right. Uh, let's have a prayer and we'll, we'll be dismissed. And so um, tonight we want to... Uh, let's